is Kenmore Days? Funny you should ask. Great, great question. Kenmore Days is something that has not happened in a few years. Okay. And I enjoy it because I feel like every year they throw a fireworks display and it's two blocks away from me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and, and I've convinced myself that they, they do it entirely for me. <laughs> That's fair. Right? It's like, it's like, it's like Schrodinger's festival. I didn't know it existed, whether it did or not before I moved to the area. Now that I I'm here and it exists, it's for me. I I was at your house this, this year for 10 more days for the fireworks. And I think like, so they didn't have it for two years because of the pandemic, but it seemed like, were you here for the beer or for the 10 more days? You know, uh, I was here for the general ambiance of Kenmore and we and the burger party. Yeah, and the burger party. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it seemed like like the village just kept the money for fireworks in the budget the last two years because it was a long fireworks display this year, much longer than I remember. Yeah, they, like they they just they, just, like they, they hit three years worth of money. Yes. So and we we went in and investigated Kenmore days. Um, there was a lot of blooming onions around. There were, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Not, I mean, if you can eat an entire blooming onion, God bless. Right, you. Uh, and then immediately go to like the ice cream stand, and <laughs> and then the tilt a whirl. Uh, we played. What do we play? Ski ball. Yeah, we played ski ball, and then collectively we got enough tickets for a a, a stuffed snake. <laughs> right. So did you get a snuffed snake? We got a snuffed snake. Yeah, snuffed snake. But it was. Did I say, oh yeah. No, no, I said it. I was. Oh. So, Oh. I'm still I'm still learning how to talk. No, don't you, mind me. I told you you got You've got to own it and embrace it. Oh, I, I mean, there's no there's no other choice. I yeah. I'm I'm embracing it, baby. Yeah, good. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm owning it. You got a snuff snuff snake. I got a snuff snake. But it was my brother in law's birthday, so we we let him have it. Mm-hmm. That's very sweet of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a sweet. I'm a sweetie. And what, a sweetie. One, one a, cutie, of, a cutie and a sweetie. Uh, oh, thank you. One of, one of the uh, one of our friends who was with us um, didn't really quite get the idea of how ski ball worked. And accidentally, <laughs> accidentally threw one of the balls on the netting on top of the ski ball. And and and, and this guy, he's probably in high school, right? right? It wasn't, it wasn't like a a, a roaming so carny, not a child. No, no, it was it was someone of working age. But you know, clearly, it's it's a temporary job for them, a summer job. And they must have had a bad day because they're disgruntled already. They walk over, they get the the ball that flew up into the netting. They're like, "You're supposed to roll it." Like seriously, I was like, it was it was like he was you know, there there, there was something possessing him, like an old man possessing. Right? Him. Is this a story about you? Because uh, <laughs> it's disguised as this individual was. Hey, listen, uh, I would lose my fucking mind no, if I was I do, working. I do ski balls good. If I was working in the ski <laughs> right. ball, if I was working in the ski ball tent or whatever, and I saw some dipshit throw the ball <laughs> into the net, I would, I would turn into a grumpy old man myself. Yeah, to be fair, it bounced into the net. It wasn't thrown into the net. Oh, <laughs> well, that's uh, and it wasn't me. Right, no. Thanks for the report, guys. I had more days. <laughs> Sounds like hey, a fucking I know it, it was it was burning, burning. Uh, the the other thing the that listeners was, wanted to but, know. Uh, is I did see only one person running for elected office there, and it was like the dipshit Republican who's running against Conrad, oh. and I was like, like clearly nobody who's ever run a campaign is helping them because Ken Moore days like ever. You, either you're in the beer tent, so you don't care when the person comes around, right. or you're there with your kids and you're there to watch fireworks, so you also don't, don't give a care. shit about the person. Right. Like, so like this was the biggest waste of time as they spent a couple hours. Like Bill Conrad, like I looked at his Instagram, like he went in the morning. It was like, yeah, went said hi to like the Kiwanis Club and then left because I know it's a waste of my photo, time. Photo, photo, photo. Right. And, and we're moving. And, and the Republican challenger was like out there with palm cards trying to talk to people, and they were just like. 
do not talk to me. Like fireworks started in 15 minutes. I had so much blooming onion. I can't talk to you right now. I can't even see. <laughs> Bill Conrad was throwing the ski balls into the net. Right. That's what Ryan's trying to cover for. Right? Now, if he were giving away free blooming onions, right, I'd at least like say a word or two to him. For so, that blooming onion, I did come up with a, a, a way to uh, make money for the podcast next year at uh, at ten more days. Okay, I'm going to get one of those like giant cheap stuffed animals that like you can win. Right, but I'll buy one and bring it with me, mm. and then I'll go to people who are like <laughs> struggling at the game. I'll be like, look. <laughs> For fifteen dollars, yeah, I'll play ten dollars worth of game because I'm good at it. I see my prize. Yeah, five dollars goes directly to me. <laughs> wow, see you're, you're, you're a regular flim flam man, <laughs> right? Yeah, over here. And then after like two hundred fifty dollars, I'm like, you know what? You can just have this one. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. Oh man. Well, and that's again, that is our report on Kenmore days. Well, as told by possible experts, <laughs> I'm not convinced though. The Square Podcast, the number one podcast, and not definitively the number one podcast of Kenmore days. I'll right. You if that. you want to know more, see my uh, report on TripAdvisor. Yeah. Yes. yeah hey, hey, <laughs> anytime they got it here, fireworks, Snake's House. Yeah. house well we are here we're doing it um this week i mean i don't know we we uh we're yelling about the news we're mad we're mad as hell but not that kind of mad as hell uh we'll talk we're, about we're that getting to that we'll talk about that guy later but no we have we have the good folks here we have mm. we got me re mm-hmm. we got yeah, snake we got diamond jim and with us for the first time live irl flesh and blood friend of the pod harper bishop <sighs> Whoa. The crowd goes the wild. The crowd goes wild. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> what? Oh, no. Don't give Harper. <laughs> oh, I lost you oh, fucked up the buttons, no. dude. Yeah. yeah, there's the round of applause. There oh, we go. God. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. No, thanks. Thanks for being here. Oh. I, I, it's wonderful to be here. What do, what do we introduce you as, Harper? Community activist? Uh, Community organizer. Organizer. I'm now the interim director of Our City Action Buffalo, uh, nice. which is you know an uh, organization that we put together, a uh, people's organization, to build electoral grassroots uh, energy and uh, to win some seats to elect ourselves. We're, we're electing, baby. We're doing it. But first, uh, it's, it's well, today's the 20th, but it's it's uh, honoring Juneteenth. Um, mm-hmm. It's a it's kind of a watershed moment I feel like in our society because Juneteenth for the long time the longest time was something that was solely the domain of uh, the African American community you know it, it's something that we didn't celebrate actually I believe it or not um, my family my dad had a uh, a business on the east side for a long time so there was actually Juneteenth celebrations going on it's not like all of a sudden they just popped up with Juneteenth as a thing like. No, Juneteenth was being celebrated, just not widely in this country, or certainly not in the city. Um, but now we're we're at a place where we're celebrating it, we're recognizing it for how important it is. Except for the city of Tonawanda, evidently. What? You didn't hear about this? Yeah, I, I heard about this. Yeah, yeah. You want that, 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 so pretty much like every town government and the county governments and the cities were all closed today on Monday observing Juneteenth, except for the city of Tonawanda. Like, I don't know, they, they, they have to be there. That's... The Tonawanda's plural. Oh, the Tonawanda's was that plural. Right? Was it, oh, okay. was, I believe. Oh, it's, I, I know it was definitely City Tonawanda. I thought maybe it was just because of like, well, you know, we will never have Juneteenth in Niawanda Park. Like yeah. that's yeah. that's against the the founders' rules. But 
Uh, but it, maybe like, it could have been like the Tanawandas. I don't know. The North Towns, for some reason, didn't get into it. Yeah. Well, I hope for, they do. Yeah, the North Towns. Yeah, obviously, you know, North Tanawanda famously, like only a couple years ago, taking down their sundown sign. So yeah. There's that. So have you ruled out the fact that Tanawanda they might not have uh, calendars? They, they might not honor the Gregorian calendar. <laughs> no, they use the sundial in in Iowanda Park and, uh, and, and their version of Stonehenge, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, everything has to be approved by Mississippi Muds up there. <laughs> yeah, and it's a prime day for ice cream, right? right? Yeah, With all, so. everyone else off, yeah. so. Yeah. Big big muds. <laughs> mm-hmm. Big muds runs oh, everything up there. God. Oh boy. Oh, but yes. So happy, happy Juneteenth, and uh, you know, here's here's hoping for uh, yeah, and I, for and better I, ones. And yeah, and I do think uh, it's important to mention that in the city of Buffalo, Juneteenth is one of the biggest Juneteenth celebrations. It's been uh, celebrated since the '70s, and so I think that there's a pride point there that Buffalo has, and and Black Buffalo has been celebrating, of course, with. Um, the 514 shooting, I think that people saw this as both a moment of grief and celebration and just, uh, you know, again, underscoring the importance of uh, American history, that it's mm-hmm. all our history and that it's not for one population, but for all of us to really um, know what the history of Juneteenth is and why it is that we celebrate and educate ourselves uh, and each other um, ab- about the meaning of Juneteenth. Well, and for sure, and and while we're on the topic or adjacent to the topic, I, I actually I said um, the phrase "East Side" uh, just a little bit ago, which as of late has been a bit of a hot topic issue, at least on the small circles of Twitter that that I frequent. Um, so I want to talk to you guys about this. I want to I want to throw it out there because longtime real heads of the Square Podcast know. We uh we don't fuck with Chandlerville. We don't we don't like it. We don't want no, we don't want any part of it. It's BlackRock or die for us here. Okay, we're the real ones, right? But there's this nomenclature now of the East Side being called uh, East Buffalo. So Harper, what's up with that? Why? What's this? Some well-meaning people are calling it East Buffalo. So I think it's even more than. Um well-meaning so the first time that i heard uh it used and again i don't know if this is the origin story but i know that it's it's part of it is that alex wright of the african heritage food co-op was making a point that north buffalo and south buffalo have this uh, honorific of being known as north buffalo and south buffalo of course we know the demographic of north and south buffalo are primarily and predominantly white places And so he felt like, why do we only get a side? If you think of Chicago and the South side, predominantly black. Mm -hmm. Um, And so start applying that to various cities and you will oftentimes find that sides are delineated and given to um, Latinx, black, uh, and other communities of color. The West side is another example of that. Mm -hmm. Though I think the West Side is <laughs> firmly West Side, and if you said differently, people would push back on that. But he started to introduce that to people and saying this, and I think that folks were a little bit like, at first, no, it's the East Side, and we're just going to keep going with that. But the more they listened to him, the more he reasoned it, the more he was doing his work on autonomy, self-sufficiency, and all these questions – people started to pick it up and they started to use East Buffalo. Now, are there people who are using it opportunistically to say that they are with East Buffalo, quote unquote, in this moment? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. 
But whether where the origins, I think, actually uh, something that we should all be thinking about. Absolutely. Um, I think that there's a moment here where we're seeing a different um, so, uh, another um, terminology being uh, introduced into the lexicon. And I think it's a very I just wanted to give you some of that context um, from from, you know, what I've heard. Yeah, it's it, it, yeah. it's circling back to like the, the West Side thing too. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think anybody's ever going to accept because like the only thing that's called West Buffalo is the Catholic Academy of West Buffalo, which notably very deep on the West Side on the East Side of Delaware Avenue. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, and, and no, and I thank you for providing that much needed context because I, I I posed this question on Twitter earlier, like when did calling it the East Side, when the name East Side become you know problematic, which it maybe wasn't the best turn of phrase, but it felt like um, it, it felt like there was a little bit of a backlash to the East Side, and I say this as somebody who spent a good deal of my life on the East Side. Um, my mm-hmm. dad owned a business on the East Side right. called East Side Liquors, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> right. So I, I'm like very familiar with the East Side. So it just kind of took me aback to see like, well, all of a sudden it's East Buffalo. I'm like, no, it's fucking not in my head. Right. You know, right. now I'm sure there's people now, like you said, maybe it's generational gap. Maybe it's shifting demographics or whatever. Like there could right. be people who prefer it to be East Buffalo also for the reasons you outlined. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it did offend my sensibilities. I'm like, what? What is East Buffalo? It's the right. it's the East Side, right? And there's so many residents that I interact with that absolutely call it the East Side, and um, I think that that's uh, you know like um, my my sister is a linguistics major, and she would say that you know language is always evolving, and so if someone calls it that, that's what it is, mm-hmm. you know, just by virtue that it's in the world now, um, and that's Noam Chomsky, who's a, a lim- linguist, you know, like they say many of these similar things. So um, and it's not for me to decide because it's not my community. Right. <laughs> it's it's a, kind of sh- uh, short and long <laughs> for me. Well, I, I got to tell you, you know, somebody who wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be caught dead spending time in either the East Side or East Buffalo is, uh, is our buddy Carl Palladino. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone in the room Whoa, <laughs> boy yeah. yeah just took the air out of the balloon yeah, yeah. there huh mm-hmm. jim uh carl uh, we we've been following this race we've talked to death about nick langworthy and you know the 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 republican shithead convention over there right um but after uh, after carl's uh, hitler comments he's um he's trending baby you know he was on NPR today, there was a story on uh, Lee Stefanik, uh, by extension. Uh, also CNN, I think Andrew Kaczynski tweeted out a story that CNN did on Carl Paladino and Lee Stefanik. Uh, this is starting to take on some some national, get some national looks here. Well, and, and this, like, I imagine actually that, like, the Langworthy Chris Grant group, like, they're probably upset by this because, like, the, you know, all publicity is good publicity type of thing. Like, like, like they're talking... National media is talking about Carol Paladino in this race, and if at all, when most of them aren't even mentioning Nick Langworthy, but if they all, it's like the last sentence, like he's currently in a primary against Nick Langworthy, and that's all you get. Right. And so, like, they clearly leaked this. They wanted to get this out there to, like, you know, run negative stuff against Carl, and they were like, well, what, you know, we'll leak it to the Post, and like it'll get like in the Times Union and that. And now he's getting like national coverage, and people are talking about it. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa we didn't mean like this. Like, this is not what we wished for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, I imagine that they're like, they're very concerned again. I don't think like Langworthy cares if Carl, like every single day says we need more people like Hitler. Like, I don't think he cares about that. Like that doesn't offend his sensibilities. 
what he cares about is that he needs more people in like Steuben County to hear his name and know who he is. And unfortunately, all they're hearing is Carl Palladino right now. For sure. And I think that there's an element too of, you know, when Donald Trump ran, um, well, he first ran in 2012 uh, for that election. He lost in the, I don't even know if he made it to the primary, but there was an element of Donald Trump being around uh, the, the press fed into it because he was so goddamn entertaining in ways, even with like his, you know, absolute shitty, terrible garbage rhetoric. It still generated buzz and headlines. Um, Carl Palladino, he, he's not as, as witty or what have you as Donald Trump, um, but he is somebody who will definitely generate quite uh, a bit of uh, headlines and um, tweets and get the get the needle moving. What do you guys think about um, maybe the press wanting to feed into Carl Mania here to push him uh, just so th- they have another Marjorie Taylor Greene or Lauren Bobert? I mean, you don't know what the fuck Carl Palladino is going to say next. I mean, yeah, like it. He's certainly not boring. Like you, like you could just like check in and be like, well, what did Carl say today? Like, like I'm sure they all hope to get on his like crazy emails like list like that he sends out to people, right? Like, like now like it just the news just comes to us. Like it's so easy to do my job. <laughs> like I, 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 uh, I got I went to Columbia for J school, and now all I have to do is get emails from Carl Paladino, and it's so much easier. Like. Uh, like I like yeah like sure and like he is gonna say something insane like like. You know, that is something that, like, Langworthy has to fight, right? Is, like, Langworthy is, like, clearly, like, super evil, but, like, he doesn't say the insane thing, so, like, nobody gets the the coverage. You know, like... You know, like, like I, I don't know, like he needs something, like he needs somebody, people to get so upset at him, like they got it at Dan Crenshaw and attacked him. But which also, what a crazy world we live in right now that, like, Dan Crenshaw is being attacked for not being far right enough. But, like, um, like yeah, like that's what Langworthy needs is like he needs to like he needs to say something where he alienates like the far right so like they I don't know uh, protest outside his house or something like that. Yeah, I just to me, man, like you know, I I, I was with you, Jim. I thought Carl was cracked. I thought you know Langworthy. The play was to not be the uh, reasonable Republican, just to be the guy who doesn't make an ass of himself. Turns out I, I, I'm fucking wrong. You need to make, to be the Republican candidate, you need to be the biggest asshole. You need to just show your whole bare red nude ass constantly right. and say the most insane thing possible. And they will talk about you on the news. You will be on CNN. Right. Uh, they will know your name. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, at this point, like Langworthy before, like they, they, it's a special primary. It's not next week. It's it's in August. Uh, he needs to get in a hot dog shaped car and drive in a hot dog costume and drive into every retail store in like the southern tier and slam his car into it and be like, we're all looking to find the guy who did this. I mean, like to compete with Carl on the insane scale, like you'll have to like invent new kinds of slurs. You know, like that's where <laughs> right. that's where Nick Langworthy. Like, he right, literally like, Harper is your sister available as a linguist to help Nick Langworthy create new slurs. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> like Carl putting in the call now. <laughs> like the guy that shared like fucking like horse porn and you know just like the most vile shit imaginable. How do you top that? You know this is like kind of taking it in a different direction but it, um what I find very interesting is you've also you've seen a shake up at the Buffalo News. And so, um, you know, leadership is not the same. And you also see new editorial voices. So um, in a moment, 
when uh, all of this is happening, as you're saying, CNN, NPR, everyone's pulling up. And usually the Buffalo News would be the first people to be like, we are the first people to endorse him, hometown, you know, paper. (laughs) They actually wrote the editorial that was like, they didn't give a mea culpa. They weren't right. like, sorry about those two endorsements uh, of, you know, the most racist, xenophobic uncle, Pal- Carl Palladino, you know, but they did write an editorial in which they said he is unfit for office. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those changes are occurring. And again, 514, I think, is directly impacting people of. Yeah. You know, it's not just, I've been on, you know, many uh, interviews where I'm like, it's not like people want to talk about just like the Murdochs and Mm -hmm. Fox News. And I'm like, it's you, Buffalo News. It's it's like, we don't have to go that far away to hear racism and replacement theory. Like you have been, um, you know, you know, you've been cultivating this racist and systemic and white supremacist culture for decades and you have to take responsibility for it. But I think it's so interesting to see that dynamic play out where he's normally invited by the Buffalo News to be vitriolic and to do whatever the hell he wants to do and still receive an endorsement. And this time had the, you know, um, the door shut in his face, which was like, oh, wow, okay. Right, yeah, because he has, like, traditionally had an open platform at the Buffalo News. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you know, and then he would, no matter what he said, they'd be like, yeah, no, that's good, that's a good idea because he's our local guy who owns, like, half the buildings in Buffalo. So, of course, we'll support him because... Mm -hmm. You know, he's a wealthy Buffalonian, so why would we be opposed to that? Yeah. And uh, it's really hard for me to give the Buffalo News props, and yet I do have to give them their due on, you know, this moment where they were just like, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. And and the uh, reflexive part of me is like, and that's why he's going to win, because (laughs) 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 the Buffalo News, you know, just if you pick which way the Buffalo News is going, you can go the opposite way, and you're usually right, so. Yeah. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll see. Maybe maybe we'll give them props. Who knows? We'll see. Someday, Jim, maybe we'll give the Buffalo News props. Not today, but maybe someday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, there's a non-zero chance. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> no, well, Harper, we could talk. We could chop it up with you about the news like all day, every oh, day. Oh, for sure. But, um, you know, that's not the only reason you're here. Okay. But but again, we could. Okay, why am I here? Well, you, you, tell, <laughs> you tell me. I, I, something... <laughs> Not something. Redistricting. <laughs> yes. So, yes. you know, again, you are, you said the interim director at our city. Uh, Action Buffalo. Our yep. city Action Buffalo. Sorry, I couldn't spit it out. I can't okay. spit out anything right now, but. Don't worry about it. Um, so tell us, like, redistricting. What's going on? Help us. Uh, we we know, we're because we're beautiful geniuses here. Yeah. Also, we're friends with Rusty Weaver, so we know what's up. <laughs> but for the listeners who are not, you know, or, or who, unsure, who are unsure about the redistricting plans, like, talk to us about it a bit. Yeah, so um, the reason we have to have this podcast and we have to talk about it is because redistricting has been under the radar in a uh, moment where it should be front and center. Um, If we talk about representative democracy and how resources are allocated and the many things that redistricting does in a representative democracy of which we may or may not have (laughs) the jury's still out when it comes to actually uh whether we have a functional democracy or not uh aoc recently said we can say that we're living in an oligarchy that has moments of democracy and i think she's absolutely correct in that um so this is another example of um so every 10 years the impetus for redistricting is that you use the decennial 
um, con- uh, census to, um, you know, make sure that the population growth or, uh, you know, degrowth, uh, um, as it were, uh, you know, that there you have to have population and representation be sort of equal. It's not going to be exact, but of course, you know, it, it should be somewhere close to that. Um, as we know from our census data now, uh, Buffalo increased its population for the first time in 70 years, going from around 267,000 people to over 275,000. Uh, um, and so they need to do and uh, make n- new maps, right? And, you know, there's a few things that it should do. It should do population, um, equal populations. There should be compact districts. Uh, neighborhood preservation should be a priority. And then for us is racial equity as well and making sure that um, since the early 2000s, we have lived in, quote, a minority-majority city, mm-hmm. or meaning that black and Latinx people make the majority of our population and white folks no longer do. Um, so that should be representative there in redistricting. Well, <laughs> boys and boys. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, essentially in this, this really wonky, but, you know, I actually very sexy topic of redistricting, you have, you know, a committee and reapportionment that per the charter, the city charter, which is our constitution says that they have to come up with maps and they have such a timeline to do it. And then after they do it, the common council, um, you know, has the ultimate power about redistricting and then it's signed off by the mayor. Right. And we can see that in the charter outlined. The committee and reapportionment, you will probably know none of the people on it, except for former council member Dave Franzek, um, of which, what is the most gerrymandered district that there is? <laughs> Gee whiz, I don't know. Right, so Fillmore and Ellicott are two of the most you know gerrymandered uh, districts that we have. Um, if you talk about compactness... <laughs> <laughs> misses the mark there a little bit in a U shape. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can talk about, you know, the individuals and the reasons and the particularities of why maps look the way they do. But of course it is in this is a classic example of the powers that be picking their electorate mm-hmm. instead of the electorate picking their representation. And that's pretty much all you need to know in this to be, uh, angry <laughs> and find it egregious that the lack of democracy here is that uh, essentially this is what has happened. So the reapportionment committee um, led by uh, former council member Dave Franzek of the Fillmore district, uh, the council members pick those individuals. Those individuals are then given the marching orders by the representatives who of course want to retain their seats. And then they held in the middle of a budget fight, which of course, our community's capacity was already limited. And five days after a mass shooting in which the community was reeling, they also put a five o'clock meeting, which I wrote to central staff. What is that meeting about? Oh, it's on reapportionment. Why does no one know about that? I'm a person who follows things very closely, and I have no idea that's taking place. There was one person who showed up. They said they did an amazing job. And that person is basically a political appointee as well that was uh, disguised as public voice. Right. Uh, the whole thing is anti-democratic. And you could even take that to authoritarian mm-hmm. if you wanted to because 
you are having people who are now trying to retain their seats and not even look at the bigger picture of what is possible. Right. What, and I would say, like, to give a little bit of history, and a very recent history, that 10 years ago when this happened, mm-hmm. they were much more transparent about the process. They were right. much more open about it. Mm-hmm. And they got a lot of blowback for what their plan was and what they are going to do. And they basically just said, well, you're just the voters. You don't know anything, and we're going to go through with our plan anyways. And but like they remembered that it was kind of a public relations nightmare for them ten years ago, and that there were a lot of angry people. Mm-hmm. And so that this year, like you know, we mentioned on on the pod a couple of time, a couple of weeks ago, we're like, it, it's like I've tried to pay attention pretty closely, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen anything. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh yeah, well this is happening next week, and I was like, well what what like like. Where was like the open meetings and like the sunshine stuff like about the right. committee that's actually doing the redistricting and the mm-hmm. reapportionment? Oh yeah, and I and from the central staff, the response that I received when I said, um, "Well, let's back up." After finding out that this public hearing had taken place and now the reapportionment committee's work is essentially done, washing their hands of it and giving to the common council, which, just so you know, the map looks essentially the same. Its edges are just. Um, changed a little bit to change the uh, the population and to to make sure that it's um, you know equal equaled out essentially right right but, ba- it, I mean, but really there's no major changes right. at all basically like Fillmore lost a little bit because it was the largest population growth right right like so right. Fillmore lost a little bit of its most east side slash east Buffalo part of this of the district yeah exactly and other than that there's just some trimming and that that's essentially it. We need some time. I know you have till the end of July per the charter to get this done. So if you announce it now, that will give us a month, month and a half to organize people and communities to understand what this is because it takes a minute to understand mm-hmm. and then to, but it directly impacts every individual in the city of Buffalo, right? So in order to organize that. On Tuesday morning, I get an email that was pretty much like, hey, there's some other questions you had. By the way, public hearing, two weeks from today. And I was like, two weeks from today? And you know what two weeks from today is? Tuesday, June 28th, right? Tuesday, June 28th, which, as we've just talked about, is primary day. Yep. So we're asking people to show up to a public hearing at 5 p.m. on the day that they don't get off for voting to then go you know choose basically like yeah. do you want to vote do you want to go to this public hearing uh right so this is uh, again so obvious like so very obvious yeah um and i was like so two weeks from today i tuned into the common council hearing there was a agenda item reapport uh the president uh, council president's plan on reapportionment which again they're using reapportionment is a fancy word because the people don't know what it means and like why would you know what it means right it's redistricting right. They did not take that agenda item at all. The clerk, when doing announcements and saying the ledge committee will meet at this time and the um, community development committee will meet at this time, said there will be a public hearing on reapportionment blah, 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 as fast as they possibly wow. could, essentially, wow. and just kept it moving. Awesome. It was an announcement. It was like awesome. the camp announcements <laughs> was how important redistricting is. I was like, how scared of the general public are you that that's how you feel? You should be the people doing turnout. Right, you should be the people telling individuals, not this fledgling small C four organization that's trying to alert people last minute to a public hearing and to a public process. Like it is sad. And and if you're listening and you hear, 
well, nothing's really changing, so what's the problem? Think of it like this. Nothing's changing. That's the problem. <laughs> right. Like, that's the fucking problem is that nothing's changing. If you already thought the districts in the city were ridiculous, which they are, that, like you said, the U-shaped district or just the fact that, like, you have this mishmash of communities together pushed into one district that really don't make much sense. Mm. Um, it's like, how do you get, like, that Fillmore district is just like, you're like, what? Huh? I, w- I will say that I think, like, and even with, with the alternative plan that uh, that you guys have put together, mm-hmm. like, yep. there's, like, five districts that generally look okay. Right. But the, like, center of the city going east to west, those four districts are a fucking mess. Yeah. I like, mean, like, 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 look, no matter what you do, there's only so yes. much you can do to South Buffalo or, like, Agreed. or, like, Columbus District, like, or University, like, they're, like... They essentially look okay, and like, and because of it, like Fair Levels District looks okay because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, what, like, what, like, there's just so much you can do in between. Yeah, but yeah, like those center, like Niagara, Fillmore, Ellicott, Maston. What is going on there? Is you know, like what I, my point? Yeah, the idea is to preserve neighborhoods as much as possible. To also the cohesion in the charter would write like ethnically socially culturally right like and so there are some things that are that need to alter but we know that um a lot like you know a neighbor of mine was just talking about like the the power block of puerto rican in the community how it was it was ripped apart intentionally Mm -hmm. or um when you drive highways like the Kensington expressway through neighborhoods right like when all those things are happening and you're not paying attention to them i i mean i really wonder how many maps and revisions they did when you have community researchers and geographers and other individuals who are able to use more objective tools to say this is like what we're looking at here's the vo- the voting age population um in the the city that we have as it is like the racial composition of these should be you know in a way that like Latinx people um, or Hispanic, you know, whatever people are identifying as um, have a majority in this population because they are the, they are the stakeholders and the, you know, that comprise this and that there are methodologies and ways, especially after 514 that we should be thinking always in a racial equity lens of how we make sure that um, voters aren't disenfranchised, but are actually given the ability to choose a representation because of the, like what the cultural fabric is. So I do think that although it's not perfect, we don't purport that what we've done here is perfect. Also, given the limited time that we were saying, if we're an army of a few, you know, few, uh, how many resources are at the disposal of a city who had 10 years to understand that this process was coming up, that they know how to do it, they know how to execute um, if they wanted to. And it's a, it's clearly to me, again, that folks are trying to hold on to power, hold on to their seats. And that, again, is done with such thoughtlessness and carelessness towards uh, and respect, really, to the city of Buffalo and to re- city residents. Yeah, and I mean, again, we we are well. I, we consider I consider India Walton a friend, um, mm-hmm. certainly friend of the pod, and and we're very sympathetic and and support um, you know her brand of of politics here in, in Buffalo and Western New York. Uh, I, I think it's safe to say that we don't see, in spite of the broad support that she had mm-hmm. in the city in that race. I think it's safe to say that that's not reflected in our common council. Like there's no candidate, right. there's no council member, I should say, 
um, even being charitable, who really is simpatico with what um, India Walton's and, and, you know, like a leftist or progressive style politics. And it's not so much a, like a, you know, mark against them. Like they're whatever they're, they're, they're there what they're supposed to do, but it is crazy that that representation doesn't exist. Like you look at other cities throughout this country and there is like that leftist representation on the city councils, right. you know, like it's there. It's, it's clearly here in Buffalo. Um, that undercurrent is there, but for it to not really be representative or represented in any way, shape or form on the common council, I think that speaks more towards or more to the, um, the, the way that the council districts are drawn up. Like you said, Harper, like how people are just, yep, we're going to hold on to our power. We're not going to be remotely challenged because I, I, you know, when we talked about India running for mayor, a lot of people said, wow, that's awfully precocious. Why are you not running for common council right. first in your district? And yet it's because that's not a viable path. It wasn't a viable path for her at the mm-hmm. time. Maybe it is now. Who knows? But it wasn't a viable path for her to get her message out there mm-hmm. and to be a political figure. And uh, like, I, if we're going to do this again for another decade, then we're going to get the same shit around here. It's just going to be the same thing uh, by and large. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, and and that was sort of the point I was bringing up earlier. Is that um, I was kind of training some people very quickly. They were like, "Listen, we have been seeing what you've been putting out there. We want to know more. How can we get involved? And and what makes the most sense?" And I was saying, you know, this is like the bare again, the dedication to the bare minimum, to the to the floor instead of the ceiling in Buffalo is what hurts my heart the most, right? And that we have to have one public hearing. It, it always says, or more, mm-hmm. but like we just do one. And we just, do, you know, we just do the bare minimum. And what I'm talking to you tonight about is not even if we were to envision a Buffalo where there used to be, um, you know, um, uh, uh, at-large seats, right? In which people were thinking about the health and well-being of the entire city, right. Instead, what we have is council members acting as little mayors in fiefdoms that they run and 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 keep power and try to actually be as not accountable, not transparent, not open as possible in order to maintain that power and people feeling like they are disempowered and they need a liaison to go to big city hall downtown to, you know, because that's the only connection that they have because they're not actually invested in in a way that cultivates a environment of democratic processes and participatory processing and neighborhood solutions and collective, you know, which is what is India's politics expresses is that she says, we, not I, and I want all of us to be involved and we need all of us if we want to come up with solutions. And so again, we're talking about bare minimum, like they didn't even envision, could we have nine council members and then two at large because our population is increased? Can we think about what we used to have? Can we think about how to make the mayor have less power so that we, the people have more power? This is like not even a philosophical political conversation that is being had. It's sad, but it's, it, it, which I, I I keep on ending. I keep no, ending no, no. everything I say with "it's sad," <laughs> but it is. It's not okay. It's bad. It's. I mean, and it wasn't that long ago that we had the at-large member. Like, right. It wasn't that long ago that the, instead of being a 
district. Like, how it, many people really know that 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 went on? That we had that. And now we don't. Right. Or even care. I mean, well, I mean, it's. I mean, we, we, I say not that long. It's been yeah. like what fifteen years. Yeah. Or so yeah. I mean, yeah. it's um, recent, which right. isn't that long. Right. But I mean, you know. But it, it, that also used to be that meant that. And speaking of like the mayor having less power, the council president was elected at large. Exactly. Wasn't a member of an individual councilmatic district. And so you had two Mm -hmm. competing voices who had been elected citywide. I'm I'm saying people should care about. Yeah. Or that we have no recall ability anymore. That was also taken Mm -hmm. from us. There are so many uh, things that have been done without the population and general public even being aware of that have built um, the power of the few against the power of the we. I think the other thing that I think it, you know, if you're if you're not familiar with redistricting the city and you're thinking about it, you know, we were talking not that long, just early a bit ago, mm-hmm. about East Buffalo slash East Side. Mm-hmm. A lot of people view like all of East Buffalo as like this one monolithic yeah, thing, and like right. we, you know, when you talk about councilmatic districts, you you're actually you get to break it down into the different neighborhoods that are yeah. in East Buffalo, and yes, yep. You know, they they should be making like with like and keeping those neighborhoods together, and that's not necessarily what you are seeing in like Ellicott and Mas, uh, Maston and Fillmore and Lovejoy uh, and University that, that you know those districts that basically predominantly like, take up or or encompass all of the East Side East Buffalo. Um, they don't keep those communities and those neighborhoods together. They break them up. It, you know, it's it's the old cracking versus packing, and they're doing a lot of cracking on the East Side. That's right. Well, and again, like, even if you're listening and you're like, well, I don't want Buffalo to turn into the socialist hellhole, you know, and you're, you're, you're staunchly opposed to the India Waltons and the Bernie Sanders and the AOCs, you know, whatever. If you're, if that's not for you, fine, whatever. You're a shithead probably, but fine. But representation matters, you know, like whether or not you agree with that person's political beliefs or leanings or whatever, like, I know we're talking about power dynamics. I know the fight is over power. But baseline, representation does matter, representation of political beliefs. Buffalo has a broad, broad spectrum of, we, we, again, we saw in the, the, the mayor's race how broad it goes from South Buffalo, parts of South Buffalo anyway, to, you know, uh, the West Side. And, I mean, there are a lot of different beliefs and voices that just don't get heard here. Certainly not in our common council um, you know, our, it's just, it's very muted and stunted. Yeah. My response to that would be like, let's remind everyone that we have nine men mm-hmm. serving as our council members right now. Right. You, you're talking about <laughs> voices that aren't heard. We have half the population that are identifying as women and they are not represented yeah. on the, on the council at all. Not it's even, like, you almost like what year are we living in? Like mm-hmm. you have to like remind yourself like 2022, and we don't have one woman on the common council. No, and when they tried, I mean, they all got rat fucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like, you know, again, it's like, and and for the listeners who don't remember that awesome story about when you know there was a, a group of women who was planning to run for it was the council, right? Jim? Yes, it was council, and it was it, I don't think it was all nine districts, but it was like mm-hmm. six or seven. Yeah, there was a slate for yeah. sure. And then uh, all their all their petitions got thrown out. Yeah, all the uh, the the uh, the person who was quote helping them uh, did the wrong petitions, the, the, the like the incorrect petitions for yep. uh, nominating. So it turns out that you can't always it's you can't always get good help when you're doing something political, or in this case, I don't know, I 
maybe it's slightly conspiracy theory of me to think that maybe that person did it on purpose. I've heard this too. <laughs> I also want to remind people that the chair of the Democratic Party could have decided that even though they were on the wrong sheet, they could have validated them mm-hmm. and not invalidated them. There are all decisions that, again, as you've talked about, go to the power dynamic and who holds it and who's willing to open up and make things more democratic or less democratic. Mm-hmm. And yet again, this is, you know, and, and <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm thinking about comments that I'll make in front of the Common Council, and I'm like, this is not unlike the city budget that happens every year. And this is not like uh, last year when we were fighting for American, the American rescue dollars, um, you know, the, the act, those are hundreds of millions of dollars that um, pretty much there was like little to no information. And there was some side, you know, conversations with progressive organizations with people who I do think were politically aligned, uh, but to a great extent and degree was not made open and transparent again for the public to say what it is they wanted. And, and everyone should be in community centers and senior centers and, you know, in the, at the neighborhood grassroots level, talking to their constituents about what they want. And oh, by an, by a, just way of an update, there have been zero dollars zero dollars that have gone out as of this recording on the American Rescue Plan Act dollars in the city of Buffalo because of pettiness between the mayor and the common council. And we could get, we could have a whole show about that. But the fact that there are zero dollars that have gone out in the city of Buffalo right now is again, abhorrent. I I think they're just waiting for the Powerball to get a little bigger and they're going to (laughs) invest. You know, you really increase your odds that way. Right, yeah, right. 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 Yeah. The Powerball's up to three hundred ninety million. If we take this five hundred million, we're almost guaranteed to win. <laughs> yeah, I, it's just you know the way these things sort of ossify, and it, it's like, and you mentioned earlier, Harper, that uh, the immigrant population here is exploding. Like that's the biggest thing to me. Right, is that we market ourselves as this home and this haven for immigrant populations and it's amazing and look i'm i'm the first generation my dad was an immigrant from yemen um i i you know was born in in buffalo and i grew up here um and i want more of that like i want more people to come to this country and come to our city and feel like they have a voice and they have representation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that they're allowed to participate in representative democracy. Right. And like this is just a slap in the face to that, to those populations of people who, who fought their asses off to get here, who have struggled, who will still continue to struggle here in, in Buffalo and Western New York, but hopefully they can find something that resembles a better life. And it's like part of that, the dream, the American dream, whatever you, whatever aspersions you want to cast on that in 2022, it still does exist. There are people mm-hmm. who still come to this country thinking America the the beacon the shit the city on the hill especially mm-hmm. shitty on the hill which may be <laughs> more, more accurate but, slip. Right, yeah. but the city the city on the hill and it's like oh, what a my god like what a just a, a smack in the face to not be a part of that I really want to thank you for bringing that up um, because that's a point that I otherwise I think would have uh, missed and something I've been thinking about and ruminating on uh, again we're doing this podcast in English and the the language access uh, question is a big one um, our teach-in will probably be solely in English and into this moment you know we've, d- we've done most of our outreach in English as well and uh, that's not okay uh, again we can't put the impetus on community-based organizations that have limited resources 
resources when the resources of the of city of Buffalo has enough to be doing outreach and talking to people right. in multiple languages and actually every language uh, that is spoken here in the city of Buffalo. Um, and I think that that's been a big, um, you know, push in the Buffalo public schools and make sure that that access is there and it needs to continue when we do outreach um, in the community. We definitely make sure that we think about the top three or four languages on the mm-hmm. West side that we're reaching out to, um, when I was the deputy director of movement building at, at Push Buffalo, I certainly thought about that. And and even our, our um, newsletters would be bilingual. Um, and then we made them like trilingual, quadrilingual. Um, and just thinking about how many different languages are spoken and the fact that like folks will not know that this public hearing is even happening because it's posted in only English on the city website, city of Buffalo website, which was just created in the past month, by the way. Um, Like people have been really paying attention to this and the notifications are, are almost, you know, they're, they're nominal. They're made for people not to see uh, intentionally. And they're certainly made to once again, disenfranchised, already disenfranchised populations, uh, such as the story you just told of your, of your dad and others who may, speak um you know different languages right. and that's, that's not okay if i were them i would just post it only in braille and see if you guys figured it out <laughs> but it, so you said like so the deadline speaking of i think them maybe screwing up is the end of july right not not so, end of june right so, so i want they've they've so officially created a deadline right but so like so they they accidentally they fucked up like this is where like if they were more skilled operators they would like they would have got your email on june 14th and respond to you on July 14th that it's happening in two weeks. And no matter what kind of complaints right. you make, it, it doesn't matter. Right. Now, if you, you're actually able to get a bunch of people that are, make a complaint and get media coverage, now they're fucked. They actually have to deal with it for a month. So hear ye, hear ye. Yes, <laughs> that is that is the um, sort of plan, right? right? Is that we, will be, we have been doing outreach to the Buffalo News and to other interested parties um, and in the media to say this is, an inf- this is a... Um, you know, uh, inflated. This is a this is a faux uh, deadline. We actually know that we have till the end of July for them to pass this. Um, so there'll be v- various organizing uh, tactics that we take and escalation points of what needs to happen because uh, two weeks from today is not the deadline, mm-hmm. and we know it's not. Um, and then the last step that has to take place in order for this to become valid. Um, per the charter is that the mayor must accept it. And then he has to hold a public hearing, at least one public hearing as well. Um, And that has to be done by the September sort of um, break that they take. Um, And so, you know, I've talked to colleagues that we're familiar with 10 years ago. They do not remember the mayor hosting a public hearing, which is. He probably had it at the pool club on Chandler. (laughs) 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 I think it was at the home of Carl Paladino, actually. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that's, that's, and and, and so, if, if you won the hot dog eating contest, you got to sign it. <laughs> so, you know, we know that that has to also transpire and uh, are watching these uh, this very closely. So, yeah, um, absolutely. This is something that we're, we're really thinking about is that this is not the deadline. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, like I, like I said, I think that, like, it... That's probably them, just like an unforced error by like central staff and like like the common council members, whoever's making that decision. Like if they were a more skilled operator would have said, well, we'll just ignore this email. We will answer it, but it, it will answer it. Like remind me and like, or like write the email. Like you can do this on Outlook. I know that's what they use. 
and just schedule to send it a month later. And then, right. and then be like, yeah, it's, it's in two weeks. And then have it at the end of July and be like, oh, well, it's too late. We have to do this now. Or what if we have a mole inside there, Jim, who knows that this is bullshit and responded so that somebody like Harper, yeah, yeah. we're all stroking our chins now, huh? Right, yeah. That's right. So undercover undercover city hall person if you're listening to this and you probably are if that's if you are real and if i didn't just make you up you might be listening to this so thank you for doing that yeah we appreciate the information as much information as possible <laughs> yeah well we're gonna we're gonna fight the power we're gonna we're gonna try i don't know i mean again last time around you know there was like you said jim all the hoopla all the fanfare and they still did whatever the fuck they wanted um it could very well be the case now but you know what not without a fight Right, exactly. And we have a petition that people can sign. Uh, we have an open analysis that people can read. Uh, the alternative plan is outlined. We say what theirs is, what ours is, what the difference are between those two. Um, and a petition that, uh, you know, if we had one person at the reapportionment committee meeting, there's already over 50 people who have signed this from across the city, which is 50 times. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, and we will be framing it as such as you had one person, you know, mm -hmm. sign off on this, on this committee um and and then this work uh so we think that there's a lot more that has to be done and clearly we're we're hosting a teach-in on monday uh the 27th at 6 p.m uh we welcome everyone to join that you can find it on facebook we've been posting on twitter our account our city action b2 um and uh we you know we also urge encourage people if they cannot show up because we understand that poor working class people their calendars are two weeks out normally that's right. what i you know when i worked at the grocery store two weeks you know yeah. when i worked as uh you know in a hotel two weeks out was what my calendar was and we know that you probably can't show up which is not okay um but you know you can also leave comments on the city website and we have links to that as well uh because we want people's voices to be heard and uh to the common council to um you know listen to the people and to use every moment that they have until that deadline to to make uh changes to it and um that's what we're encouraging people to do yeah so on the 27th uh take a break from texting mixie Kern, mickey kearns and telling him that he's garbage <laughs> and uh show up for the training you know i would say you could do both simultaneously right. I, I don't I, yeah, yeah. I feel like if you miss some things i say like blah 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 that's fine <laughs> right but like blasting mickey kearns and then getting the link <laughs> is like great so yeah. we we encourage both actually <laughs> Well, if you uh, listener, if you know, you know, you got uh, this will be your second. This will be your uh, double scoop of Harper Bishop this week. Which, frankly, I mean, even that's not enough. Uh, we <laughs> we love having Harper on. It, it had been too long since uh, since your last appearance with right, us, and right. you know, let's. I mean, glad to have you in person. We will have food for you next time that oh, you're here. Yeah, um, you know, appreciate that. Rise, looking at me like, all right, oh, no, uh, I, I will. Yeah, are we taking no, that? No. Are we taking that out of budget? Uh, oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That, out is, of the Patreon. Wait, no, is that Kenmore Days uh, funded? Well, we spent all the <laughs> Patreon money at Kenmore Days. Yes, right. <laughs> to get that stuff snake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jim's right. yeah. scam did not work. Um, <laughs> no. Jim offered to do it, and like you know, it just went horribly awry. Right. <laughs> but uh, no, we'll, we'll have you on again. Thank you so much for joining us here in the Snake Pit. Appreciate um, you. Love to have you. Where you, you mentioned uh, where to find the Our City Action yep. um, page. Where do you want to be found on the internet? Yourself? Yeah, you can definitely follow me on Twitter at Harper S E Bishop. Um, 
I've been told that I uh, tweet prolifically uh, <laughs> and I'm sounding off usually about Buffalo politics. So if you want to uh, join me in that, I always welcome participation. <laughs> yeah. Follow Harper. Never stop posting. Yep. <laughs> never stop never. posting. Uh, but thanks again for joining us and hopefully we see you soon. Thanks so much. Thank you.